Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast, everyone. I am your host, Tumbles, coming at you solo today as Mr. and Mrs. Cranky are off on a mini vacation. So I thought while I'm soloing it, and since we have not really done any hikes lately besides some of our local trails uh, to do some runs, as well as uh, no guest this week, I thought it would be interesting to talk to you about Claire Nelson. Now, the story of Claire Nelson has been circulating for a while now. She is from the Commonwealth. I believe she's from New Zealand. Um, And her story really made the hiking and backpacking headlines. So without further ado, here's the story of Claire Nelson, followed by a what you should do in the case that you would get into any trouble. So Claire Nelson, Claire Nelson was taking a gap year. She was trying to figure herself out while traveling the world and she ends up in Southern California staying with some friends cat sitting for a a while while her friends were on vacation just like I just did I just fed Mr. and Mrs. Cranky's two kittens so but I will not be doing what Miss Claire Nelson did anyway So down in southeastern California is a lovely national park called Joshua Tree. It is pretty well known, desert area. They have some isolated palm tree areas from what I've been reading. Very, very, very picturesque. So anyway, Claire was interested in doing a hike and she chose the hike called Lost Palms Oasis within Joshua Tree. Now, looking on the app All Trails, Joshua Tree is an out and back seven and a half mile hike. It is in the desert, so start your hike early. There is a few tiny technical spots that you just have to be wary of. Most of the comments said it was a lovely, fairly easy hike. Um, And you end up in this little palm oasis at the end before you turn around. So Claire decides to go solo on her trip to Lost Palms. And she, what you'll find in her story is the first thing that she does is she started later than she wanted to start. She wanted to start way before 9 a.m. from the way it sounded, but she kind of got lost looking for the trailhead. So she ends up at a ranger station, talked to the ranger, let him know where she was going, and he directs her to the trailhead to be careful, make sure she had enough water, she had five liters, and just be careful of the little technical bits. Fine, she was excited to see this trail. When she mentioned that she started later than she wanted to around 9 a.m., it really brought me back to when Cranky and I did Washington about three weeks ago and that we had a firm 
summit time. That if we got to the summit really any later than 9 a.m., we were going to turn ourselves around. And we got to the summit at 9.03. So it was darn close. Now, it also reminded me of when I was out in Mount Rainier last year. And I was going to do a hike solo in a park... I think it was John Muir Park, which is adjacent to Mount Rainier National. And I was driving from a number of miles on this dirt road. I wasn't sure, had some not good luck on dirt roads in the past. So I said, you know what, forget it. I'm gonna turn around and I'm going to make my way back to the main entrance of Mount Rainier. And I started my hike at Rainier as well later than I wanted to. I had kind of no plans to start hiking up the mountain to get to Muir Camp, which is at 10,000 plus feet. But climbing up this ice sheet, it was amazing. And then I found I still had a thousand feet to go. This is quite the aside, but it just goes to show If your gut says that you started later than normal, maybe it's not a good idea and you felt kind of worried about starting later than normal, maybe it's not a good idea to take the trail that you wanted to take or just be mindful as you're hiking of the time. So I was getting further, further up the mountain. I got to about 92, 93, 400 feet and I found that I still had another thousand feet to go. The elevation was affecting me. Um, it was around 1.30 in the afternoon, which doesn't seem late at all, but taking into account the time back down to my car, wanted to get back to my camp and relax, I made the decision to turn around about a thousand feet before Muir Camp, which is the camp right before you hit the summit. Anywho, this uh, Miss Claire Nelson starts her Lost Palms Oasis hike at 9 a.m. And two hours into her hike, she scrambles up this rock, enjoys the vista, and tries to climb down and slips. She initially doesn't know how far she fell, but later as she was talking to doctors and paramedics, she fell about 25 feet. She hit the ground hard and shattered her pelvis. Oh my Lord. (laughs) That is definitely not a situation anybody wants to be in. And she can't move her legs. She is in pain. Shock is starting to set in. Naturally, she is mad at herself, as I think we all would be. And so what she does is she her faculties are pretty together. I mean, some people would just melt and say, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, she checks her phone to see where she is because she had downloaded Smart Girl, downloaded Google Maps uh, because she kind of had a feeling she wouldn't have cell service. So she checks her phone. Naturally, there's no cell service, which is a big problem because you've fallen now down into this gully 
you can call for help. And looking at her maps, she is a mile off the trail. So reading once again these comments on all trails, I read a few times in a few comments that the trail markers were very visible. It is a pretty well-worn trail. It is actually one of the more popular trails in Joshua Tree Park, which makes me wonder what the hell she did to be a mile off trail. Was she so taken with the views that she was whisked away off (laughs) into oblivion? I, I have no idea how she ended up a mile off trail. Well, neither did she. So, okay, she is now immobile. She has no cell service and she's a mile off trail, which is a huge blow because she's like, oh, that's okay. You know, since it's such a popular trail, people can find me. No, not when you're a mile off trail. All right. So like I'd mentioned earlier, Claire had five liters of water, which is excellent, especially when you're in the desert. She didn't start as early as she wanted to just because Joshua Tree Park is in the desert. So it gets to be 90, 95 degrees. I don't care about what any of you say about dry heat. 95 is 95. She starts to go into survival mode. She makes sure she doesn't burn she does have sunscreen with her so she takes her trekking pole and uses that to apply sunscreen onto her legs she is wearing shorts it is a hot day out she's wearing a t-shirt she has a hat she has she creates a makeshift sun screen for herself she also has an extra t-shirt in her bag some snacks and that water When she fell, it was around 11 a.m. No one's coming by to find her at this point. And night is coming. Now, she says in her interview that night really scared her. And I don't blame her. Night is unsettling for a lot of people, myself included. Uh, A lot of people don't like hiking at night. Cranky loves to hike at night. I'm kind of leery about hiking at night, however. I'm trying to learn not to be. She is afraid that rattlesnakes are going to come and bite her in the middle of the night. However, rattlesnakes, snakes in general, are not nocturnal. So she knew it was irrational, but her her general fears, um, they they take over. And I'm thinking as I'm listening to her, it's like, wow, I'm not even thinking of snakes. I'm thinking of something bigger than that coming to sniff her around. However, she does survive the night. It is cold. It is the desert. The desert gets hot during the day and freezing cold at night. And she only has her shorts, the shirt she's wearing, and an extra t-shirt. She does survive the night. And she's like, surely today. Today will be the day someone will definitely, definitely find me. Hours and hours go by with no avail. 
she starts collecting her urine in an empty paracetamol bottle, which paracetamol is ibuprofen, because she doesn't want to attract any critters to her with the smell of her urine. Not only that, she's now thinking my water is depleted to such a point that maybe perhaps she should drink her own urine. And she does. Desperate times call for desperate measures. She drinks a little bit of the urine and swishes it down with whatever water she has left. You have roughly two to three days, if you're lucky, of going without needing water. And so she's thinking about this and thinking about this and thinking about this. Also, to add insult to injury, on day two, her phone dies. Not like she had any signal anyway. So during this time, she starts to get into her own mind and starts to assess life. You know, what are the regrets that she had? And she said that she was too much of a social media fiend that she's blaming her current situation on not forging friendships and relationships in her life um she sounded like somebody that went from party to party to party but really was kind of alone and so it was one of those things where if you get too much into your own mind you kind of start to go insane however she seemed like a very with it woman Uh, Besides the situation she was in, she was trying to turn herself around. It didn't really do much. Day three comes and she is now thinking, I guess I'm dying here. I, I have, you know, I wonder if anybody is looking for me. I wonder if anybody even knows where I am. I will assess this at the end of her little story. Eventually, I believe it was on either the end of the third day or the beginning of day four that she starts to hear a helicopter. Music to anybody's ears who is in a jam such as Claire. And she hears it passing and she hears it passing again. And it's one of those things that since she's in a bit of a gully, they can't really see her very much, very well. So she starts to wave her, her sun protector, her sun, like her umbrella, uh, made of a trekking pole and a t-shirt around. And with a stroke of luck, the helicopter noticed her. It took them an hour to try to get down into the gully to save her. And it took another hour to try to get her out. And eventually, they sent her to a hospital where it was indeed a pelvic break. She had a couple surgeries. Uh, I'm sure she saw a couple of shrinks. (laughs) And now she lives to tell the tale. Now, I first heard this story on Outdoor Podcast, and I've heard it, I guess, elsewhere as well, where podcasts 
kind of borrow the interview and they just, they put it on their, their show. And it's the same person interviewing her. So that it's not like different interviews. Um, so there are definitely a few things that need to be addressed because she doesn't address it. The interviewer doesn't address it. And even the hosts of the podcasts don't address the what you should do as a solo hiker who is in trouble in any type of setting, but specifically a desert setting. So first thing is first. And I know the majority of those who listen to our podcast are seasoned hikers or hikers that have done a lot of research. So you know, tell somebody where you're going, please. No matter if it's a hike five miles from you or 500 miles from you, tell a friend, a family member, a neighbor where you're going. If you're at a national park, tell a ranger where you're going and what time you'll be back if you have nobody to tell at home. At the Adirondacks, at the Whites, in other parks, they have hiker logs where you log in where you're going, what you're doing. That's that's really more for their records. However, if there is a situation, an emergency situation, they will check those log books to see where you have gone and when you should have been back. Lucky for Claire, she had placed where she was going in her calendar and left her calendar at her friend's house. So when people went to these the, the friend's house to see if she was there either dead on the ground or if she left some sort of clue she luckily did by placing oh I'm going to Lost Palms Oasis Trail um, on this date and luckily she left it open where people could find it also try not to go alone I mean I, I know many a solo hiker and they're just fine. If you're a novice solo hiker, do your research. Second thing, check the weather. (laughs) We always talk about this, Cranky and I, and we talked about it ad nauseum on our Mount Washington episode. Check the weather, especially in the desert. Yes, it's a desert. Most deserts are hot. But at night, it gets cold. Even if you're not planning on remotely staying or coming close to hiking or staying out until dark. Always check the weather. Number three, in your pack, pack more than you think within reason. I'm not talking about like bring a 60 liter pack for a three mile hike here (laughs) with everything inside. However, 
if you're toying with the idea of bringing in extra goo or leaving that goo at home, bring the extra goo. (laughs) If you're toying with bringing another liter of water because you're not sure after researching the trail whether or not there will be water on the trail and if you can if you don't mind the weight bring the extra water bring extra clothes Miss Claire only had shorts and a t-shirt and a spare t-shirt with her bring extra socks And this is just a blanket statement. No matter what hike you're doing, no matter how far the hike is, always bring extra socks. You will thank your feet, your feet will thank you, and you will thank yourself for doing it. It's a great just-in-case item to have. Also, when people are hiking these long-distance hikes, and I see it all the time on vlogs, people have these breathable long sleeve shirts to just protect themselves from the sun that sun is brutal and it exhausts you so invest in a pair of hiking pants that zip at the knee so it can be a convertible pair bring a button down long sleeve shirt as your extra shirt It's just little things like this that you can prepare better. It's your just-in-case items. Claire did have a medical kit with her, but it, it was a basic kit. It's a kit that we all have starting out. It had some ibuprofen. It had some Band-Aids. It really didn't have any... It's not like you can pack things that'll set your pelvis, mind you, but... Bring some Neosporin, a little thing of Neosporin with you in your medical kit. Bring duct tape. Duct tape is always one of those magical items in your pack to have. Bring a lighter. A lighter is a very important thing to start fire, to cauterize if need be. Always a good thing to have. What else? What else do I have in my medical kit? Which needs to be replenished, actually. Thank you for reminding yourself, Tumbles. Um, Toilet paper. (laughs) Not just to use uh, when using the restroom, but for other things. Uh, Extra sunscreen. Claire did have sunscreen with her. Toothbrush and toothpaste. I will always, always have this in my pack. And if you have a bug out bag for all those preppers out there, that's like the number one thing that I will put in there first and foremost is a toothbrush and toothpaste. Because if your mouth is healthy, most likely your body's mostly healthy, except if you break your pelvis. (laughs) Uh, What else? Have a compass with you. Learn how to read a compass and have a compass with you. Have maps with you. Again, I don't care if it's a two-mile or a 20-mile hike. Always carry a map, either if it's a physical map or one of those online maps that you download. And this huge tractor trailer is about to cut me off. As usual, the Rocks and Roots podcast, they're driving. (sighs) Have maps with you. Gut hook, all trails, Gaia are just a few that we use. Uh, let's see, what else? 
Oh, big one. Have an emergency blanket or bivy with you. That's another kind of blanket item to have in your pack, especially in the winter time or if you're in a desert environment. A emergency blanket costs $5. An emergency tent bivy, maybe 15, 20 bucks. It's not expensive. Invest in one. You never know when you will need it. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, and those of you are more runner-minded and have long distance um, runs in your resume, it's what they give you at the end of marathons or half marathons. It's those reflective, plasticky feeling um, tarps that you wrap around you. It really helps and it it is the difference between life and death a lot of the times on trail for people who are in emergency situations. Let's see. I can't stress that enough. This girl was dumb. And I, I, I really wish that people on these podcasts would go over what you should do in these types of situations. Oh, also, she said her phone died the second day. It happens. Invest in a battery bank. Anchor is the leading battery banks for hikers, at least when we started purchasing about two years ago. Uh, have that and especially have a GPS beacon with you. Um, if you're going to be in an area with little to no signal, investing in something like a Garmin inReach is once again the difference between a life and death situation. Uh, they have the, I got my InReach Mini last year for my Pacific Northwest trip. I was going to Rainier, limited signal. I was going into the Cascades, limited signal. I traveled out to Montana, limited signal, went to Glacier. So you never know. And I know these items are expensive, but if you are serious about this hobby of ours, really think about investing in your life. This sounds like such a motivational speech right now, (laughs) but I'm serious. You know, it's, it's just one of those things that I I'd rather be safe and a little bit more broke than I was yesterday than sorry. Let me say what else I did have. I do have a cheat sheet because there was a lot. (laughs) Uh, have a little bit more food on you. Oh, yeah. Duh. Uh, I mentioned that she started to drink her urine. She conserved and drank her urine. You're in the desert, so water sources are probably not there. You can invest in life straw or a filter of some kind. Your Sawyer filters are cheap and they last forever if you don't leave them out in the cold like Cranky and I have done a couple times. (laughs) Um, You don't have to get these fancy filters. You don't have to get use tablets and wait an hour. Get yourself a Sawyer Squeeze or a Sawyer Mini for on average 30 bucks 
or a life straw for 15, filter your piss so it doesn't taste like piss or taste a little bit better than piss. Also, if you find like a bog or something where the water is stagnant, but you have no other option, you can use your filter for that too. Just little things, my friends. Just little things. I guess like the main thing is don't be stupid. Don't find yourself off a mile off the trail. And watch where your footing is. Not all of us are, are twinkle toes. I mean, I'm called tumbles for a reason. Anywho. Anywho. I guess that that'll be the end of my rant about Miss Miss Claire. I'm glad she's okay. I'm glad she lives to tell the tale. It's an important tale to tell because it makes us as listeners think about what we could do differently on our hikes. Right. So the crank will be back next week. Uh, And that will be the last weekend where Crank and I will be together recording for three weeks or a month, actually. I am headed to the great land of Europe to hike the Tour du Mont Blanc starting on August 28th. I will be sending photos along. I'm sure we will talk about it ad nauseum when I get back. And I'm sure Crank has some uh, episodes up his sleeve in the interim. Other than that, find us, like us, love us on the Instagrams. That is rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod. You can find Cranky at cranky underscore mixstumbles. My Instagram account is private. And... On that note, ciao.